welcome to Tim Hortons. Thanks. I'll have... A pumpkin spice latte? How'd you know? Oh, was it my pumpkin earrings? Yeah, maybe. Or is it my pumpkin hat? That's a great hat. Oh, is it my ringtone? Yep, bingo. It's pumpkin spice time now at Tim Hortons. Indulge in a creamy pumpkin spice latte or a sweet and cold pumpkin spice iced cap. Pumpkin spice beverages are back now at Tim Hortons. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever been out in the forest and seen or experienced anything you couldn't quite explain? For tonight's story, I'm going to read a journal entry from a friend of the show about a strange encounter that's haunted him ever since. As always, visit ghost-stories.co.uk and vote for if you think tonight's story was adapted from fact or a pure work of fiction. You're listening to Ghost Stories, and this is The Woman in Red. So my psychiatrist, she said, she said she wants me to write write my story down as if I'm telling it to a friend, just to just to lay it all out. And, and perhaps she's right. And what better way to do it than you know just go on my computer and uh, and send it to you guys? So after a week of sleepless nights, I'm I'm willing to try anything. She said it was a, a relapse of my PTSD, which she diagnosed me with about eight years ago after the event after the event in question my shrink tried every trick in the book to get me to tell her what happened and I repeatedly refused she said it was critical to my recovery that she couldn't help me if I didn't open up I was like too bad I'd rather go under stress and insomnia than have to to share this story which clearly would make you think I'm more crazy than I am but she continued to work with me, even though, even though I had a distinct lack of cooperation, which I'm willing to admit. Dozens of hypnotherapy sessions, prescribed acupuncture, a shopping list of prescription drugs. And after about nine months, I was more or less cured in some ways. Of course, I still had to take a couple pills each day, pretty much we imagine for the rest of my life. But, I, you know, I wasn't complaining about that. So as I said earlier, I, I relapsed recently. I'm not sure what brought it on, but I just woke up one night in a cold sweat and I haven't been able to sleep since. When I do drift off, I immediately awake to that image I thought I had rid myself of years ago. But sadly, she's back. Just thinking about it sends a cold chill down my spine. I can't believe I'm actually doing this after all these years of keeping it inside me. But I have to try something, so I've decided to share. So here's a story that gave me the dread disorder and likely robbed me of any chance of a normal life. Now back before I moved to the city, I lived out in uh, in the country in a small house I'd bought with the money my grandfather left me. It was a one-story ranch-style house. I loved this little house. It was it was exactly it was exactly what I wanted. Easily maintained, made well, and really really cozy, especially on like cold winter nights. I appreciated the space it gave me. 
away from the rest of the world. It wasn't too terribly secluded, but next to the closest house was no more than a mile up the road, give or take. Behind the house, though, was an endless wood. Tall, powerful oaks provided a peaceful barrier between me and the outside world. I loved to walk among them, sometimes for an hour at a time. I would walk miles deep into them, carrying a small can of bright green spray paint so I could find my way back. One morning I decided to start out early and see how far I could get before feeling the need to turn back. I packed a couple of sandwiches, a few bottles of water in my backpack and headed out. I followed my previous marked path until the trees no longer had the little green dots on that I like to leave behind. I decided to go straight up the hill instead of around like I normally would. and. I had no idea how long it would take me to get around, to get to the other side. So as I reached the top of the tall hill, I turned and looked back the way I'd come. There was nothing in sight. I could see over the trees that I just traveled through, but but nothing in civilization. So I guessed I walked easily, easily at least three miles. So as I walked across the flat top of the hill, I was frozen in my tracks. I discovered what was on the other side. A large meadow about the size of a football field. It was stretched out well before me and there was a small shack in the middle of it. I couldn't imagine that anyone had ever lived out here, but thought maybe it was a hunting camp at one time, something like that. I walked across the field towards the shack and I realized it appeared to be well past its prime. The rough lumber that made up the exterior walls was gray like ash and much of it rotted away. As I walked to the corner, I noticed some empty paint cans that had been stacked at the base of the wall. I could see that they contained white paint, and I knew that meant someone must have used them. Somewhat recently, or there would have been nothing but rust. The shack was about 20 feet by 20 feet square, with one window in each wall. I inched up to the nearest window and peered in. There was no one inside, not even any furniture. Now I could see what the white paint was for. The walls, ceiling, the floor were all bright white, but not white alone. On all the walls were strange symbols drawn in dark red. They weren't anything that I recognized, but they gave me a very uneasy feeling. On the white floor in the center of the room, there was a huge star painted, also in red, and from the ceiling hung dozens of tiny stick figures. I couldn't really make them out, but they did appear to be in the shape of stick people, made out of twigs and straw. My heart was racing. Whatever this was, I didn't like it. And in my own backyard, I was furious, but also curious. I decided to walk back into the woods a little bit and have one of my sandwiches while I wait to see if the owner might return. I had no intentions of confronting them, but I wanted to know if someone was staying here or using this place for some sort of shrine, even if it was just some kids or something messing around. So I sat, I ate a sandwich, and I ate my other one. Hours passed, no one had come. And don't get me wrong, you know, it, it was a relaxing time, taking in the outside. It, I may get hung up on things, but it wasn't just about this. Anyway, the the sun was beginning to set, and I thought about leaving, but I had packed my flashlight in case I didn't make it back before dark, so, you know, my curiosity won out, and I 
I really had to know. I told myself I'd wait another hour and if nothing showed, I'd leave. The sun was about to disappear behind the horizon and I heard leaves crunching across the field. There was just enough daylight left to see a figure appear from the tree line. It appeared to be a woman. She was wearing bright red dress and she was dragging a large sap behind her. I could see two red dots in her face, which I thought must have been the last sun reflecting off her eyes. She continued across the field, pulling the sap behind her. As she got to the front of the shack, she heaved the sack onto the small porch and then retrieved a key from her pocket. She opened the door and pulled the bag inside. I remember sitting there thinking, now what? I decided I'd watch a few more minutes and see if the woman left. Then I'd head back home and think about what to do next. The minutes passed and she hadn't emerged. So I slung my backpack over my shoulder and began my trip back. I took no more than half a dozen steps when I heard a muffled cry. I froze and listened. Sure enough, someone was crying. I could barely hear it. Like someone holding their hand over their mouth as they sobbed by their loved one's casket. Now I'm not generally considering myself a brave person, but a curious one indeed. So I decided to try and get a peek to see what was going on. Maybe the woman had fallen inside and we need help. I did a crouching jog across the field, trying to stay as low as I could until I reached the side of the shack so as not to be noticed. I sat and listened. It was much clearer now. A woman was definitely sobbing and something being held over her mouth. I wasn't sure, but it didn't sound like sobs of pain or loss. It sounded like fear. I eased around the corner, making sure to swing wide enough to miss the paint cans and inched over to the front window beside the porch. I sat there and crouched down for several minutes, trying to work up the courage to peek in. I could hear another noise from inside, like something being dragged, then it stopped. But the sobbing grew louder. I had to look. As I eased my eye up to the corner of the window, I could see the back of the woman in red. She was no more than three feet from the window, but luckily facing away. Her hair was pulled back in a tight bun that looked like something a bird might lay eggs in. I noticed the rope was hanging from a pulley attached to the ceiling that I had noticed earlier. It appeared she was doing something with whatever was hanging from the rope. I continued to hear crying, but it was getting much weaker now. As I watched the old woman bend over to retrieve something from the floor, my heart seized in my chest. Hanging from the rope by her ankles was a young woman. She looked to be about my age at the time, late 20s. She was thin very pale, with bright red hair, and I could see a look of fear in her eyes like I'd never seen before. As her eyes locked on mine, she froze. No more crying, just a cold, penetrating look of sadness. She was screaming at me with her eyes to help her, and I didn't know what to do. I watched as the woman in red raised back up with a small can in her hand. She began dousing the girl with liquid from the can, and the girl started thrashing wildly. As the old lady did this, she let a horrifying cackle that would have made the devil cringe. I panicked and turned to run, and as I did so, I heard the loud rush of sound from inside and saw a bright flash of orange on the ground around me. Shame and despair pushed me to my knees, but fear and strong will to live quickly lit its own fire. After no more than three quick steps, I stumbled into the paint cans, came crashing down with an awful thud. I felt my heart was going to explode as I noticed a screeching laughter from the interior had stopped, and I heard the door slam. I didn't bother to look back. I simply jumped to my feet and started running for the woods. 
As I neared the edge of the woods, lungs burning, I noticed two red orbs glowing between the oaks. I froze in my tracks as she glided out from cover. She looked ancient. Her skin looked like bark from a tree. Gray, cracked, and flaky. I just stood and trembled as her glowing red eyes closed the gap between us. The last few feet she finished in a sudden rush, freezing no more than an inch from my face. Her fiery gaze glaring into my eyes. I felt my bladder let loose as urine soaked down my pant leg. I was locked in a trance that excluded the world around us. It was just the two of us standing in darkness. I could feel and smell her hot, rancid breath flowing over my face. I looked down and noticed her eyes weren't the worst. Her mouth was twisted into an impossible, manic grin. It was cartoonish in the nature and appeared to stretch all the way between her ears. Even worse, her teeth weren't human teeth. They were animal-like, razor-like fangs. I felt for sure that my heart would stop at any second out of fear. As I stood lifeless in front of this evil being, she raised her hand up to my chin. She extended one crooked finger and began to press it into my flesh, lifting me up onto my toes. As she continued pressing, her nail dug in and I felt blood running down my neck. Then, my feet left the ground. I was now helpless as she dangled me at arm's length like a lifeless puppet. She began to speak, her voice so shrill and raspy. My ears could hardly stand it. She spoke in what I can only assume was an ancient, esoteric language. I still haven't been able to identify even after years of research. Even though I couldn't understand a word, she somehow had the ability to beam the words into my brain as if it was my native language. I'll never forget the words. It's as if they're etched by flame into my memory. You have seen what you should not have seen. Not because it is wrong, but because you cannot possibly comprehend. I should end your meaningless life right here, but excess being frowned upon, I will allow you to live on one condition. You must never speak of what you've seen. You will take this to your grave, and if you don't, I will come for you, and your suffering will know no bounds. Your pain will never cease. Your worst nightmares will seem like dreams, and you will be my pet for all eternity. I nodded as if to agree to her terms. Just before she dropped me, she spoke the last word I would hear from her. The word that still sickens me to this day. Your never-ending fear will feed me in my times of need. After that, she slowly glided back into the woods the same way she had come and never broke eye contact. Once she disappeared, the trance was broken. I pressed my hand under my chin to slow the bleeding and turned to see the shack going up in flames. I knew there was nothing I could do to help the poor girl inside now. She was gone, used up for whatever rituals this creature had just performed. The wound under my chin seemed to have almost stopped bleeding, so I returned to the woods to find my backpack, retrieve my flashlight, and head home. I spent weeks in a near state of shock. I lost my job and most of my friends stopped calling. I felt like I was drowning. I just witnessed the most disturbing thing humanly possible, and I could tell no one. I couldn't sleep. My appetite was non-existent. Every time I closed my eyes, I either saw the girl hanging from the rope engulfed in the blaze, or I saw the glowing red eyes and the sickening grin from the woman in red. I sold the house and moved into a small apartment in the city nearby. 
The move didn't help anything. Finally, I knew something had to be done, so I called up the doc and made an appointment. It was difficult at first. She wanted so badly to know what had caused my trauma. But I knew the old woman had meant what she said. She was an ancient evil. I could feel the dark energy flowing from her single finger as it held me in the air that night. I could sense a darkness that had lasted through the ages that no one could ever snuff out. I would never speak of what I saw that night. And that's why I was even skeptical about typing this out. The doc said I had to get off my chest and I wasn't willing to talk about it. This was the only way. The weirdest thing just happened whilst uh, whilst writing this all down to you. There was just a, a, a knock at my front door and it, it damn well nearly gave me a heart attack, but there was absolutely no one there. I imagine it was just some kids playing a prank, but I'm, I'm not about to go investigate and open the door. People here are always getting robbed in this neighborhood, so I'm not in a rush to become one of them. That's probably all it is. Plus, on the other hand, I'm, I'm pretty unnerved having just written this all down. I guess, I guess I shouldn't get too concerned because it wouldn't be the first time I've heard, heard something that wasn't there. Auditory hallucinations, the doc calls them. Maybe the stress from this exercise was, was more than I was ready for. Anyway, so the doc thinks that after a few weeks of hypnotherapy and after writing the story, I should be good as new. I'm not sure if I believe I'll ever be as good as. T- did you hear that? There was just another knock, and it wasn't the front door this time. It was in the house. That's all for this week. Firstly, I'd like to thank J10 for sending us his very unsettling story. For show credits, be sure to visit Ghost hyphen stories dot co dot uk and vote for if you think woman in red was based on fact or a pure work of fiction and be sure to follow us on facebook by searching for ghost stories the podcast if you enjoy the show make sure to go to itunes and leave us a review and if you have a story you wish to include on the podcast be sure to get in touch with the website and we'll let you know what we think now we'll give you a little break from my voice and give you a preview of next week's episode and don't stop asking do you believe in ghosts Now, to say my friends thought it was creepy would be an understatement. So I decided to pack the doll away, and to be honest, I forgot about it until we got home. The voice box was strange. It had a small set of phrases and sounds it would use regularly, something like laughs or saying mama, but occasionally it would come out with something and then never say it again. It would be mega creepy at the time. One night, about a week after getting home, I was in bed, and I could swear that I could hear crying coming from the doll. 